The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. There was unfortunately <clears throat> a lot of young men who were drafted to the American army and into other armies as well, but into the American army as young religious men. And throughout the difficulties of being, of being drafted into the army, many young men who had to go and fight for their countries wound up losing their connection with Judaism. You don't have a synagogue on the battlefield. You don't have a yeshiva. You don't have kosher food. You don't have a mikvah. You can't wear tzitzit, whatever the case was. So there's this one boy, and his name was Milton Kramer. Milton Kramer was drafted to go fight in the war against the Nazis from America. As he's leaving, he goes to the 6th Lubavitcher Rebbe, and he says to him, Rebbe, I'm going off to war. I don't know what's going to be. I don't know if there's a minyan. I don't know what mitzvot I'll be able to do. What should I do? And the Rebbe tells him, take your tefillin with you. He says, where am I putting on tefillin? He says, get up in the morning. First thing in the morning, before anything, before roll call, put on your tefillin, and then that will protect you during the day. The guy says, okay. He takes his tefillin bag with him, and he heads off to war. The first night at war, he's in the barracks. He goes to sleep. Everyone is sleeping. He wakes up earlier than the, what's it called, than the taps. They play the taps. He gets up, he wraps his tefillin as quickly as he can. He wants to put him on, say Shema, take him off so no one will see him. He doesn't want them to bother him. He doesn't want them to treat him differently. It's very important in the army that everyone feels that you're their brother, that they've got your back, and not that you're different, that you're part of the gang. For them to feel like he was the one Jew boy that was different than all of them was very dangerous. So he gets up 5 o'clock in the morning, he puts on his tefillin, he takes him off, Sticks him back in the bed. Not a sound is heard. Baruch Hashem, he's got away with it. He says, you know, I could do this. Day number two. He wakes up at 5 a.m. He gets out of bed. Puts on his tefillin. He's about to say Shema. All of a sudden he hears, Look at the Jew boy. What are you doing? They start yelling, screaming, calling him names. And he's just trying to pray. I mean, not bothering anybody. Not making a sound. Somebody had seen him the night before. They told everybody. And they waited and they bullied him, and they made fun of him mercilessly. Someone said to him, how are you putting those straps on? He says, what do you mean? He says, how do you get him over your horns? Everyone's like, ah. Like, that's the funniest joke. Well, weeks went by, and the torture, this bullying, the name-calling, it didn't stop. But this man, Milton, he had the words of the Rebbe ringing in his ears, and he took the tefillin with him wherever he went. They're traveling. Running up one of the areas, they jump into a foxhole, all of these guys, and they start, you know, advancing their position, and suddenly they start coming under unbelievably heavy fire. The bullets are whizzing everywhere nonstop. He's hiding like this, this man, Milton, he's just got, you know, under the thing, and all of a sudden, one of the troops that was in the front, the fox, the foxhole in the front, comes running forward, down on his, you know, he jumps into the thing, He's panting out of breath. He says, Milton. He says, yeah. He goes, I came. I just risked my life to run here. He says, what's going on? He says, we're completely surrounded by German soldiers. They've pinned us down. All they need to do is keep firing at us. And eventually, every one of us is going to die here today. So he says, okay, so what do you want from me? And the man looks Milton in the eye. And he says, take your boxes. Put them on. And pray to your God for us. Maybe your prayers will be heard because it's a miracle that we need. He's got maybe moments to live. Takes off his tefillin as the bullets 
of the Germans are whizzing overhead. He puts on his tefillin and he tries his best to focus. And he says, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, God is one. There's only one power in the world. He's praying with all of his heart that Hashem should protect him and his band of brothers that are there on that exposed hill. He finishes praying. He comes out of this reverie and there's quiet all around him. He doesn't understand what's happened because he's been focused so much, praying so hard. And all he can see is the quiet, somber faces of his band of brothers, of his platoon, looking at him with the deepest respect. He says, what happened? They said, suddenly, from some angle, the American soldiers found where we were and they managed to drive away all the Germans. Your prayers saved our lives. Well, you can imagine that Milton became overnight, not the guy, the butt of everybody's joke, but instead he became the platoon hero that they firmly and fervently believed. Atheists and Christians and and whatever it might be that made up this group. They firmly believed that it was his prayers those day, that day that saved him. The rabbi, Rabbi Stefanski, who's hearing this story from Milton, is blown away. He says, wow, that's so special. And Milton says, that's not the end of the story. A short while after I retired, after I left the army, my phone, my phone is ringing. I go take the phone off the wall, and I say, hello, and it's one of my buddies. And the buddy says, this non-Jewish guy says, Milton, could you take out your boxes like you did for us that day and pray for my son, he's not well. And the doctors are saying that he needs some prayers. Maybe you'll be able to pull down another miracle for us from your God on high. And Milton said, and every once in a while the phone would ring and it would be another member of their platoon, someone who was having trouble with his marriage or a person who couldn't get a job or a person who had a problem with his disability payments, whatever it might be. And he turned his entire group around. What would it have taken for Milton on that day, after being mercilessly bugged and tortured, to say to all of them, you're on your own. You made fun of me for these boxes. You used these to torment me. You want me to use them now for you? And for those of you that are thinking, at least he was praying for himself too. Yeah, but that doesn't answer all the prayers that he did for years and decades afterwards. The Kiddush Hashem that happened. When all of them knew what they were doing to him and what they were saying to him and what he could have said and what he could have done. But instead, we poured his heart out with sincerity, with genuine care and concern. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire dot org.